Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. That's right. Stay in tune to everything that's going on in Philadelphia, especially with the Sixers rolling. The Eagles are out for a little bit. They got a seven-day or seven or six-day, however we look at that. We'll get into a lot of this stuff. For City, it's electric around me. I feel some type of way in this New England tri-state area region, but some smoke has gone on in this past day or so. But we're getting into this. I can't get into this without my co-host. I have Mr. Harvey in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Oh, thank you, sir, man. Always feeling good to be along beside you, big homie. Uh, happy Sunday, and uh, without further ado, looking forward to getting into stuff with you. Okay. And I don't know if I do have this caller. Calling for the 917, what's your name? What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. What's up, gentlemen? Happy Wild Card Weekend. This is David in Stanford, Connecticut. Okay, because this Sports City, I warn you, this may get messy this morning. So I'm warning you <laughs> that this may get messy. Me and this guy have beef right now, and I don't even want it to be beef right now. I wanted to kind of <laughs> walk into this day and do this how I need to do this with Sports City. This has been my longtime friend for at least 30-plus years, so... This, this is this is an excellent time that he's tuned in. But I, I do have to get into these games. I want to see how both of you feel about how everything went down 
I think the fireworks, smoke, and everything is going to go on in the second game. I, I cannot wait to rip this crap apart. I really want to curse today, Sports City, but I'm going to do this for you. I like to try to keep it GPG rated so people could do it. But there will be blood in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm just going to let you know that. Okay, so first and foremost, the first game that took flight yesterday uh, was the Seattle Seahawks uh, visiting the San Francisco 49ers. And me, myself, you guys know, I don't like to talk about my teams on the uh, network or while we are in production of putting the show out there. This could have potentially been a, a slot for the Lions, especially that everything that's fallen out with the NFL and the FBI getting involved on how the officiating crew did things within the Los Angeles Rams matchup up against Seattle. But I don't want to hang too much into that because that'll end up stirring up a bad nerve, and I don't want to get too cooked on that. And I will end up getting cooked, and I'm still cooked about it because, unfortunately, four calls within that game are what they're alluding to trying to, you know, investigate the six referees that were on uh, on the premises that day. So um, we'll get into the game. I'll start with you first, Mike, and then I'll go to Dave afterward. Um, San Francisco didn't look back, and um, they get Debo back on the field as well and storm the Seattle Seahawks. And it's tough to beat a team three times within the season. Uh, they got this done, winning 41-23. to I'm – I, I got to say it. I got to say it. Is Brock Purdy for real? But I'll let you do your breakdown on this, Mike, and then I'll go to Dave also. Your thoughts on number 13 in Santa Clara. So with this San Francisco team, I mean, we obviously know there's a lot of talent. Uh, let me say real quick, Seattle's still overachieved. Good season for them. Uh, good season for Geno as a whole. You know, people thought this was going to be a team competing for a top five draft pick, right? So uh, this team made the playoffs overachieved this year. Uh, maybe, you know, very easily could have not been there, but they were much closer to the middle of the pack than the end where a lot of people thought. So good on them. Uh, now, as far as uh, San Francisco goes, I thought this was, to me, Seattle was the second, like, least likely of the lower seeds to win this weekend. So I expected this. The fact that Seattle came out and showed fight early, you know, and made a game for pretty much all the first half, good for them. At the end, they're just not a, <clears throat> that talent. just not a, that roster is not as talented in San Francisco as in Seattle. And I think talent won out in the end yesterday in that game. So, you know, obviously now <clears throat> wait around and see what they got coming next week based on uh, how things fall today. But Minnesota wins, they got them. You know, Giants win, they'll get the winner of the Cowboys uh Bucks game. So, you know, just looking at that San Francisco <clears throat> Purdy, like listen, sometimes he looks like he's kinda of just throwing something out there, but he's kind of a heady player. You got weapons, you have a system. I you don't know if he's the long term answer, but if he could distribute the ball to these guys and not make mistakes and turn the ball over you know, listen, they got a chance. Very, you know, I love what we saw from, you know, people say Foles, but I'll give you one for you and I for years before. But, you know, we remember Jeff Hostetler doing it for the Giants before they, uh, you know, and they made the playoffs and won the ring, even though Phil Simms had played a lot of that year. Uh, we saw him get that done. And, of course, he was able to parlay that into a, a contract. So, I mean, let's see what happens. But I think uh, Brock Purdy has – I think he's got a shot, you know. 
we'll, we'll see. I, I, this team is, is very talented across the board, so he doesn't have to, you know, he'll might have to make a few key throws, but he doesn't have to, like, dazzle the world. All he's got to do is uh, manage the game, right? He can do that. San Francisco's still going to be a problem in the uh, in the NFC, but that's what I got in this game. It happened about like I expected. Okay, DH, your turn. Um, number 13, how do you feel about number 13? Um, a dismantling, however, the Seahawks made this a game at halftime. They were up by a point at halftime, 17 to 16, and then next thing you know, the Niners turned this thing on, and it didn't look like they were going to be stopped. But your thoughts on the Niners, the impact in the game, and is Brock Purdy for real? Brock Purdy's awesome. I think that, uh, honestly, though, I hate to like play the other side of this point, um, but I don't. I don't think they have a chance because, to me, like, I, I mean, you're you're looking at a, a, a one of the top teams overall, right? But if you got a new quarterback that doesn't have playoff experience in the NFL, going against NFL playoff defenses, I don't think he's going to get the ultimate job done this year. I mean. You know, Burrow is one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and he's he's been on the doorstep every year. And, you know, his team obviously isn't as good as the Niners, but it's like he hasn't been able to just deliver it. So I don't know, like, if, if we think that that Purdy, just because, you know, he's had a few amazing games, he's just going to deliver a Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen. I think that the Niners might be the best overall team, but not having a – a veteran quarterback might cost him the Super Bowl. That being said, that freaking second game yesterday, oh, my God. I was working through it. Um, I was doing the Islanders game last night, and, and, you know, I know you guys don't really talk about gambling, but I was so excited because I hit my touchdown parlay as I was walking out of the arena. Um, but anyway, I, I do I, – but I'll be quick, though, you guys, because I got to head out. I'm actually shooting today. I'm shooting the next game, so I'm not going to be able to watch my Giants. but. I'm telling you, I'm a little nervous about today because I feel like the, the the Vikings have been backing in. They have been and you have been talking about it a lot, Ty. They have not been impressive the last few weeks. And I just have a feeling they're just going to all of a sudden turn it on and, and play ball today, and it freaking scares the shit out of me. And also the other fact that us Giants, we love it when everyone's picking the other team. But this week it seems like everyone's picking us and i hate that <laughs> you know so so uh yeah i'm a little nervous about today i know i'm gonna hear from you either way but i gotta head to the barking center i just wanted to tell you i'll be listening to you guys on my route okay that's fine um and you won't be watching that but you will be watching the thunder though so i, I would love that see i would love to break that down with you too. <laughs> i'll be i'll be but, editing your boy i'll be i'll be making clips of him don't 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 worry. You, you I know you love what we do. I know you love what we do. I Yo, feel like a Toyota commercial. Dude, Shay is. I, I I I try to tell you this. I try to tell you this. Okay, so <laughs> let me get to look. Look, I, this, this is the interesting thing about the two of you because it's like I got mixed reviews and I got to kind of address the situation about what you just said because it's interesting that you say that. Look at the team that he has to deal with in the NFC. I think the most challenging situation would be the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are the number one seed. They will have to go into Philadelphia. I think that's a more hostile environment, but Philly can lose in Pennsylvania. Like, like I feel like that's a winnable situation. 
every other team in the NFC playoffs, I feel like they can knock off. He has the moxie to get it done, especially in a division rivalry game up against the Seahawks. Not only did he see a deficit of having to come back and being like, well, is this his time? He actually turned this thing up. And the pieces that he has around him, they're falling into play. Kittle's healthy. They get Debo back healthy. McCaffrey had 15 carries and 119 yards. Like, he didn't even have to do that much to get the running game started. So everything's clicking around him, and the defense is stout. So if that defense is doing what it can, I think Jalen Hurts only being in the playoffs, this is his second run because he had one last year. This is his second run. He doesn't have too much of a playoff history, shall I say. So that's something to address also. So Purdy's in the same realm as a lot of these quarterbacks. Dak hasn't really gone too far tooth the nail into the playoffs. Brady's the only one that we know is the GOAT that we can look at, but Brady has to fight his way out tomorrow if he does get out of Table Bay alive. So looking across the board, Minnesota, we have to see if Kirk Cousins. Oh, sorry. Pardon my language, Groot. They, they, I mean, they freaking eight and nine going into the playoffs playing Cowboys. They're going to get crushed tomorrow night. You say that, but you better be right back here because Tom Brady is batting a thousand against the Cowboys in his entire career, including this season. They beat the Cowboys this year, he's so he's due. They they can say what they want. <laughs> he he is it something? Is something about the Cowboys that he won't lose to them? Is this kind of how he would approach the Jets in certain situations, or definitely the Buffalo Bills? So if if his percentages work out for him, he should be able to get it done. But I still worry about the offensive line in front of Brady. And if that back end could deal with the receivers of uh, the Cowboys, and also if they can actually protect Brady from Michael Parsons, because Michael Parsons is going to keep addressing that pressure all game long. But that's that's another game to, to address, you know. So, but just like I'm saying, okay. But even removing, let's just say Tampa loses, Dallas is going to have to deal with San Francisco. San Francisco lost to this. I mean, San Francisco beat Dallas last year with Jimmy G. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to jump the gun. Brock Purdy's playing better with this system. Than Jimmy G did last year. Absolutely. But this system that he has right now, same team, same players, everything, Purdy was more comfortable and confident with his offense and being able to put up 40 up against the division rival that already played him two times. They're comfortable with what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I like what's going on. And they're going to have to come to San Francisco to beat them other than the Eagles. The Eagles are the only team that he'll have to go across the country to go somewhere in a hostile environment to play. They're going to have to come into the yeah. House of Horror, a.k.a. Levi Stadium, to get it done. I think San Francisco yeah. poses a threat until Purdy faces a stout defense. Who's another stout defense in the NFC, Dave? I, I want to, since you're trying to press the issue, who are the defenses in the NFC that pose a threat to him? Well, I think you just said it. I think if they face the Cowboys, they're going to get beat. I think, I think that Prescott is one of those guys that – has had some rough spells. I picked the Cowboys. As much as I hate them, you Ty, you know as much as anybody how much I hate the Cowboys. As much as I hate them, I put a bet before the season started. But actually, after last year's Super Bowl, that the Cowboys would win, and I'm still sticking by it. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to beat Philly if they play. Um, that would be too. Um, and I think – I think they're going to do it as much, and it'll be—I'll be shaking my head the whole time if it happens. But I do think it's going to happen. Okay, Mike, I hear you laughing at the situation. What do you think? What are your thoughts? You tell me what you think of what he just said. Ooh, uh, listen, um, you picked him. Let me just ask for clarification. You picked him to win the Super Bowl or to go to the Super Bowl? 
I put a bet down right after the Super Bowl last year that the Cowboys would win. Would win the Super Bowl this season? Yeah. First of all, okay. I like. I hope it's a small bet, like just on long odds, like that kind of. Because you're not gonna cash that in. Like you can stick right all you want. That's cool. Uh, but you're not gonna cash it in. I will say the Cowboys have the type of offense that maybe could give uh, Purdy a little trouble, but. Uh, what we talked about before, TP, we've talked about in multiple situations, but, like, a lot of times it's the fit as much as it is who the player is with everything that this team's got and with him being able to make some throws, like, this could just be the perfect fit for this guy. He could grow in this system, but I agree with you. Uh, he's playing with the confidence and, and in a lot of ways willing to make some plays or attempt some plays that maybe Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G didn't on this side, but – I, I think you're right. The only defenses that could possibly stand up to San Francisco is maybe Philly and maybe Dallas. Uh, nobody else in that. I, but San Francisco, I think right now, um, or Philly, the limitation with Philly that we're we're going to have to see is what that what that shoulder does for Hurts. And as you're talking about, that's on another level. Um, but I I think whoever comes out of the NFC going to have a tough challenge against one of the three from the AFC. So I, there's so many reasons why it can't work and why those odds were long for Dallas. And uh, I, I, I just hope you know you're not going to be cashing that check. Right, I right, will come Philly, back. I'll come back here and say i to the Giants' third stringers when they were playing to win. So, all right, you, you put all that much stock in Philly? God bless, dude, because I don't see it. No, I just think Philly and San Francisco – are the two rosters that could push the AFC uh, in the Super Bowl. Because those are some good teams coming out of the AFC. I think those are the two best rosters that could push them. But, yeah, I think those are uh, very Tom, obvious answers. Honestly, I, I, you guys are, are, are radio hosts. I think those are very obvious answers. I think those, that's very, like, you know, ESPN freaking host answers. That's not it, even analyst answers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm, that's just my own opinion, though. I'm telling you. I, I got you. And Tom Brady, with his experience, can come out of the NFC. But uh, we'll see with Dallas and Tampa tomorrow night. I just, I think your odds are long that Dallas is even going to make it to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. But I love the bet. Like, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not put it down and see what happens? Because, I, like I said, I'm sure you didn't bet the house. It wasn't a huge bet. It was long I picked, odds, I picked, right? Yeah, I love it. I picked three teams. I picked three teams last year. I picked Buffalo, Dallas, and Chargers. Obviously, I lost one of them yesterday. <laughs> right, but you still got two of them around. I love it. Wow. No, go, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you guys off. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just said, wow, because I can't wait to talk about the Chargers. I'm glad that we got one of them out the way, and I can't <laughs> even get to talk to them. I want to talk to them about it. But the uh, best uh, yeah, part it. about this sports city, this is the best part about a sports city that I have this being recorded so everybody from Fairfield County, Stanford, Connecticut gets to hear him say that he bet on the Cowboys. This is awesome. Okay, so <laughs> this is great. This is like gold. Y'all don't even know. Like, y'all personally, if you know me and him in the history, why does this no, like, it gets, I, I, I feel like my name I is Jeff, first thing you know. Ty, it huh? gets worse, Ty. It gets worse. The la- last week was, you know, obviously last week of the season, I was in the running for the top, for the payout for my, my week, season-long uh, pick and pool. Because we were playing all of our third strings, it was the one week ever that I didn't pick the Giants. Like the one week ever. I always pick the Giants, right, in my pick and pool. 
I lost the week the four hundred dollars by one win. Mm-hmm. I lost because we'll of the Chargers. Time. Same thing. We picked three teams each week. And no, I think no, the Chargers was, thinking they had the uh, most to play for. This was season long this was season long pick 'em uh yeah. every game against the spread. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, Chargers cost me this past week on the same kind of overall pick 'em all season two. Uh this is listen. I feel like I'm Jed from the Beverly Hillbillies. Like I, I, I tap oil. Like this is oil, and I gotta kind of like let the pipe leak out because I'm about to be a billionaire. But um, I, I don't know how to look at this situation with everything that's going on, and you know this first round, and, and knowing that you know Dave feels a certain way about how you know San Francisco is gonna approach the future, and and I get it. I, I don't even I don't. Think Dallas should lose that game up against Tampa Bay. I feel like they got out there to go up against Tampa Bay and win that game. But it's just the moxie of Brady when they tell you don't bet against Brady. People will do it. Be like, this is the year. This is the cliff. This is so on and so forth. Brady pull it off. Then it's like, dang, it happened again. Like he did it again. And, and knowing that that percentage works in his favor, it's like kind of trying to watch that kind of being neutral. And if the Cowboys do fall short, where they are looking shaky at this point in time, all things point at Dak Prescott. Like all of it, like like I I don't like it because you know the the quarterback that he is he's an African American quarterback had to deal with so much dealing with the weight of his shoulders or being on, on a Dallas Cowboys and every so so often in January something happens whether it's him some defensive or some mishap happens that the Cowboys have to get over the hump if they lose this game McCarthy's a threat and they, uh, Jerry Jones said that you know that McCarthy's safe so on and so forth it's so much that Dallas has to deal with they have the pressure of the world. And don't really have to feel like it because Tampa Bay looks like a formidable opponent. So that's how I feel about it. I don't even, and Dallas will have to go to San Francisco or Santa Clara to get it done. So to me, I feel like the lone team that could pose a threat to the Niners right now would be themselves and the Eagles. Like the, every everything is basically in their way, especially with them facing adversity early and turning this thing up and putting up 40 on the board. I, the Niners are a threat. They're a real threat. And, um, Purdy, keep doing this, man, because you got at least the Bay Area on your back right now, and they, they're screaming your name, Purdy, in the crowd like the whole stadium. That's that's nuts, I, man. I love what they said, Ty, like that, man. I will pass out. Okay, so I I don't know if they get to stick around for this one because I do want to break down this Charger Jaguar game, and like I told y'all, there will be blood. I'm apologizing right now. I, I can't help it. Um, both of these quarterbacks are young. They are in their early stages of their career. And uh, one of them had to get their first win, whether it was Justin Herbert or it was Trevor Lawrence. One of them had to get it going. Clearly, in the first half, or forget the first half, clearly in the first quarter, everything pointed to Justin Herbert. All he had to do was manage the game. Just manage the game. Trevor Lawrence threw three picks in the first quarter. He finishes the first half with four picks. He had uh, as many picks as he had passes completed in the first half and still came out with a win. Crazy part is they scored a touchdown before the half ended, and it was like that was the momentum changer for the Jaguars that got it done and turned over. I have One thing I have to do is give the Jaguars defense a ton of respect. A lot of people are not looking at the unsung hero. For these guys to hold it down while that offense was letting them down and being on the field for so many different times, and to hold them to a field goal after the half, hats off. Jaguars defense, my hat is off to you guys. You guys to get this done. Um, one, 
Brandon Staley, I don't know how safe you are right now with your head coaching position, especially with what happened to you last week. You sat up there and bit the bullet by letting Mike Williams play in a game that you did not need to play any of these guys. He gets hurt late in the fourth quarter, and he's not out there on the field for you. You're down one of your biggest weapons in the offense. And in a game when you're up by multiple possessions, however we look at it, Eckler's not running the ball? You mean to tell me that Herbert is so – I'm, not, I'm not cooking. Hurt, I'm, that's why they lost. The co- coaching is why they lost. Like, yeah, they but he still has to get completion. That was he still has to get. That was Atlanta. That was the Atlanta Falcons all over again. You know, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like yo, you, you guys can't right. run the ball and get a couple first downs. I, I I'm I'm trying to cook here. I know you like what I'm cooking. Sit down. Let me put this on the plate. Oh no, I got <laughs> you. And, and, he, and he still has to complete passes. He has to complete the passes, whether he's going short or not. And, and Justin Herbert is dangerous on making the right throw. He's not hitting these passes. They're, they're making these. And, and who is calling the plays? Is it is the offensive coordinator? Like, who's responsible? Because you got to try to get Eckler involved. Eckler's a, a decent running back. And I feel like I'm underrating him by calling him decent. Um, guy led the league in touchdowns. Like, like total combined touchdowns. Like, I don't, I don't know what they were missing. So, um. The Justin Herbert situation, if, if you want to get away from that, that's fine. Uh, if you want to pin this to the, the coaching, I, I agree with you. But Herbert has to be able to get this ball scored more than – if they scored another field goal, they would have won. You mean to tell me that they yeah, could but... not get to at least a 30-yard line to kick another field goal to win this game? That, that, that is so puzzling tight. for me. But, but he, go ahead, Dave. I, 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 go, ahead, go ahead, Dave. I'll let you. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Your thoughts I, on well, this I game? Gotta, and I got to jump in the car. I got to jump in the car. So I want to say goodbye to you guys. Thanks for the time. But I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, you, you called it, man. He lost it last week. Like, like you're gonna get Mike Williams hurt in the last game of the season. Like I was one of the guys that was saying the Giants should play our guys at least for the first half. But you said it. Like late in the fourth quarter, it's like you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, like even if we were in a close game and we started our guys. I would have wanted most of them pulled after halftime. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it, it's like, I don't, I just don't even understand it. And he deserves all the blame for yesterday. But anyway, I got to go. Thank you for the time, guys. I'm going a, I'm to a listen in the definitely. car. Yeah, definitely. You be good. And um, I got you from here. Um, This is, this is crazy because um, wow. they're saying, you know, a lot of people are basically saying that uh, he uh, won't make it back to California. I think that that is in jeopardy. Um, if he doesn't get on that plane. Um, but the way that things went down last year in Las Vegas, the way that they blew it up against the Raiders, and now this situation happens mm-hmm. in Jacksonville and, and not managing this situation, I think Staley is a deer in headlights and, and you know, unfortunate situation uh, for this Charger team. But your thoughts on this game, Chargers-Jaguars, Jaguars <laughs> pulling off the remarkable comeback uh, in Jacksonville. So... The interesting thing to me, so as you said, in the first half, this guy's four out of 16 with four picks. So he has had as many passes caught by the other team as by his own. And then, oh, and then. I have to pull to see the exact number, but I'm uh, within a pass or two uh, right on this number. He was like 23 of 28. So better than 75% uh, percent on his next almost 30 passes. Got four touchdowns and plenty of yards and really, like, looked like the star. Like, 
You take away that terrible bum first half, if you look at just the numbers that he put up after that, those are first-round caliber franchise quarterback-type numbers that you hope that you get with a guy where you draft him and kind of the hype behind the guy. So be interesting to see what he can maintain, how he does it. This guy has had um, some mediocre receivers all year in, like, Kirk and Zay Jones, and but guys that have made plays for him, uh, ATN growing or whatever. And as we talked about before, coaching making a big difference. So uh, big ups to Trevor Lawrence for kind of figuring out in that, in that offense, uh, riding the ship, whereas we've seen players have things spin out of control like that and never be able to bounce back. And it just ruined the rest of the game or the whole game stay lopsided. We've both seen games like that in our uh, life. But it's just crazy how it's the tale of two halves. It's, it's almost like what we what we saw with Minneapolis, with the Vikings and the Colts a couple of weeks ago, um, where the Colts had the big lead and the Vikings came all the way back. But this is a playoff game, right? Like, what third biggest margin ever? So you just don't see that often. But yeah, like there was an old show back in the day where uh, instead of uh, instead of it being Lucy, it's got to be Brandon. But you got a lot of explaining to do. Like, this team uh, has had a lot of talent on this roster year in and year out and has probably been the most underachieving uh, team in that division, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Even at times this year, I thought this team went 10-7 and in spite of its coaching in some situations. I think if you're agents and you're that team, I think that you probably, just to kind of, wrap a bow around this. I think you quietly make a couple calls to see if there's a couple really high pro- profile coaches that you think could get you to that next level and see if they're available. And if you do, then you already have the, uh, the pink slip uh, taped on Brandon Staley's door uh, when he gets back. Like this is a bad loss for this franchise, uh, uh, but there's enough blame to go around. Like, we could probably blame the coaches. We could blame coordinators. We could blame uh, people not playing as well or kind of getting their heads down once the team started coming back. Sure, there were some blocks missed, some throws missed, some catches not made. There's enough blame to go around, but everybody wears this. And all I know is, like, when it's happened to other teams before, like, you might as well go ahead and pull the trigger because if you bring guys back or force it to have guys come back for another year, a lot of times they've just lost, that message has been lost anyway. So uh, I think that there's definitely some reason to think about completely moving on from Brandon Staley. This is a game that shame on you. You should have won. You lost to a team that is completely rebuilding. And what it looked like was the exact opposite. It looked like, you know, the, the young team punched in the mouth and the other team was able to come all the way back, but that's not what happened. The team that's supposed to be the most talented got their licks in, but then they couldn't, uh, they couldn't rebound when the other team punched back. The Chargers got sent home. They were made to look soft and undisciplined and underachieving, which is kind of a message for this team over the last three or four years. Now, I don't know the Jags will survive past last weekend, but this is a success for that franchise and for that organization. They didn't expect that much to be in the playoffs, let alone to be in the second weekend. So good season in Jacksonville, and we move on. Okay, and just to, like, close up on this situation, 
um, Trevor Lawrence, I have to give you a ton of credit for dealing with the adversity of going through that. A lot of coaches would have probably benched a quarterback like this, let alone going through that type of start. You know, they're getting in a downward slump and uh, trying to find their way, and, and they just kind of like going through the motions. No, they didn't bench him. They went through the storm with him, and he got them back drive by drive and was finishing them with touchdowns and getting it done with receiver after receiver. It wasn't just one guy getting them done. And you know how, like, you know, certain quarterbacks to try to force feed a receiver to try to get it done. No, he knew that he had to use that team as best as possible. And what he said after the game, I tip my hat. I respect Trevor Lawrence the best. He said, and I I, I can't quote it verbatim, but I'm going to do the best that I can. He said, there's no way I could hang my head as bad as I played while they all gave it their all for us to get here. I can't be the reason why we lose. I got to bring us back. And he did that. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. excellent leader. Excellent. I, that, that's the best thing that he could say and putting it on his shoulders and, and providing the comeback to. And um, even uh, Travis Aten was kind of like, we had to believe in Trevor. Trev did it. And, and they, it was like Trev was kind of giving it back to them, like being a team player. Like, And you usually it's always the quarterback that kind of – you know, sh- you know, shoulder the load and get all of the responsibility. Yes, he was the one that threw the four picks and put the points up on the board, but he gave the Jaguars the credit. So, Jacksonville, I tip my hat to you like crazy. Trevor Lawrence, I've been a fan since Clemson. Even though you were in the ACC, I couldn't stand you because you were on the other sideline. But love what you do. And um, for him to get this start in his career, I-, I think all signs point up. He's in this conversation with Burrow as young talent you quarterback. Yeah, a new star has been born, right? Like, and we, we're starting to see it on, like, introduce himself on that national stage to join that conversation, right? And um, I forgot what I was just about to say. Um, I, I'll just get away from it because I don't know where I'm at now because I was gone. Um, so I'll get into the games for today and also the game for tomorrow. And it will close up the show because it's basically football fed all day long on this Sunday. So first and foremost, we have the first game at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. The Miami Dolphins are facing the Buffalo Bills, in which the Bills are favored by 14 in uh, Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? How do you feel this goes down? To me, the only question, TP, is going to be what you, what you do with the points. Right? With Skyler Thompson playing this game, no, too, I know that the Dolphins have weapons, but I, I just don't see I, – I don't see a way that the Bills lose this game. I really don't. Can the Dolphins maybe make some crazy plays or some plays down the field and make it close? Uh, yeah, possibly. And does uh, – we've also seen at times Josh Allen look a little bit vulnerable. Like, uh, So I, I think that definitely Buffalo wins the game. Can Skyler Thompson make enough plays to uh, make a difference on the on the points? I, I'm I'm really not sure, to be honest with you. I'm going to say, uh, if I were going to pick a team to cover this weekend with all these points, I, I would probably take Buffalo to cover, just like I thought about San Francisco yesterday, but didn't go with them. So the two teams that I would think the most likely, I'm going to say yes, cover this weekend. Okay, so I'm actually in a little bit of a disagreement. I do think the Buffalo Bills win. That 14 points is a lot. They are a division foe. They played each other twice already. 
And the one thing that's glaring to me looking at these numbers, the over-under set at 44. If the Bills can beat them by more than 14, that means that they are blanking Dolphins. Like the Dolphins are not going to be able to put points up on the board, which that threat is there in real because I don't believe Thompson's going to go into that building and start striking up the band. He does have the weapons to get it done because Waddle and Tyreek are out there. Don't think that they don't have speed demons. In the last couple of times that they played, these guys made a difference. But if Thompson could go out there and make the throws, this is a game. But I, I feel like that 14 may be a little too much, especially with Vegas involved saying that there's a 44-point over-under. That means that all the Dolphins really have to do is score twice, and this game is a threat to knock that over-under down. So um, I think the Bills win. I think the Dolphins cover. I don't think that this is by blowout. But with all of the energy and everything swirling around DeMar Hamlin, I, I, I find it hard for the Dolphins to go up there from uh, being a Florida team dealing with warm weather, even though they say it's cold in Florida at this point, but going into a colder environment with everybody in the whole Western New York region screaming for red, white, and blue, I, I find it too hard for the Dolphins to climb this hill with no legs. I'm I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for any Miami Dolphin that's fan that's gotten to this point and have belief that they can get it done. Um, the next matchup, I'm, go ahead, Mike. It makes me laugh though when I hear people from the South, like, because that's where I grew up, right? So, but I somebody from Florida or Louisiana send me a message and tell me how cold it was, and like temperature wise, yeah, that's kind of cold. But like when you live up north, that's a whole different level of uh, that's a whole different level of cold. It's, it, it it hits different uh, up north with that air coming off. So, um, and, and you don't know it, you don't know it until you live in it. So. Uh, until you've had to go into it uh, a bunch of times, so that's that's definitely going to be a very uncomfortable environment for these fans to go into. And like you said, just a lot of motivation around this guy. You could definitely be right on the points, but we'll see. Okay, the next matchup I have are the New York Giants taking their talents to Minnesota. Well, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Let me get it right in the U.S. Bank Stadium. The Minnesota Vikings are favored by a field goal, which is drawing a thin hair on this situation that is that close. The over-under is set at 48. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the game, how this goes down? To me, one of the interesting things is the, is the the number, too. Like, I could almost see this being a, a low-scoring game. Depending, if, the, if the Giants win, it has to be lower scoring because they've got to get pressure on Cousins and not allow him to get the ball down the field. And I think the Giants will be fine for the most part against the run. I mean, Dalvin Cook will get some stuff, but I think that that's the thing. Can they pressure uh, Cousins enough? That's the blueprint to beating the Vikings. And so if the Giants win this game, I feel like it probably has to be a low-scoring game and go under. The thing that I – when you look at the weapons on the outside on that offense, I mean, Saquon, Saquon, Danny Dimes is – Okay, Danny Dimes. But uh, they just don't have the weapons <clears throat> if they can't really ground Minnesota's offense. So, I mean, if it becomes a three or four score game, if it comes anywhere close to that point total uh, and, and goes over, I think Minnesota wins this football game. I just think that's a little bit too much offensively. only way the Giants do is if it goes under and they're able to really uh, pressure the passer and really keep Minnesota – Locked up because they won't give Cousins time to get the ball down the field and Dalvin Cook can't get off. 
Well, I think uh, the Giants compete. I think it's a competitive football game. But I think uh, I think Minnesota wins. I'm not sure about the points. I don't really have a strong conviction one way or the other. Again, the over-under is at 48. Uh, the pressure I think the Giants can make can make this difficult for Kirk Cousins. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the situation because their front four, front seven can make this interesting, but they do have to worry about Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook's speed can neutralize the pressure that at least the linebacker core has to deal with, then it's an honest front four that has to deal with that offensive line, and Minnesota's offensive line is decent enough to make this a battle of the trenches. Um, where I feel like the Vikings have the edges in the receiving core. If Thielen and Osborne could actually get some catches, this puts more pressure on that secondary to open things up for Justin Jefferson to see the one-on-one situations where he can. Um, Hawkinson is going to have to get his catches too. This is where a lot of pressure lies on TJ because they made the move from getting him from Detroit for him to provide another weapon within that offensive cavalry. TJ is going to have to show up to open things up for this offensive game. Now, the pressure to me is on the Giants. Just like Dave said, a lot of people are picking the Giants. But if the Giants have to win this game, I want them to try to figure out how to get this game done without force-feeding Saquon. This is when they end up getting him injured, but he's never been injured in the postseason. So right now, at this point in time, I feel like he's charged up to get this thing going. A lot of the pressure is in front of Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones could be the guy to get completed passes and actually score the ball in the air, it'll be a whole other realm of things that we're looking at here. So that's one thing that I'm thinking about is if uh, Danny Dimes can throw the dimes and and win this game, I'm going to say this here and now since I'm on the quarterback situation. Kirk, Cousins, you're at home. All the adversity is on the line. You should be comfortable. You woke up to a cup of hot cocoa, coffee, or hot apple cider, however you got up this morning. If you do not win this game against the Giants, the line is drawn here. I can care less on what you do in the regular season. I know that that standard will sit in front of you, that you cannot handle primetime games. It's just something about you. Knowing that you know the Giants, knowing that you played in the NFC East, knowing how much that you've got charged up season after season to turn things around and putting up interesting numbers season after season, especially being in Minnesota, to get this thing done and it just hasn't turned around. This is your opportunity to go another step, putting some, you know, a stripe on your shoulder, so on and so forth. You have to be able to get this done up against a Giants team that struggled this season. I feel like you're a stronger competitor in this matchup. You guys being at home, knowing that the Giants are road warriors in the postseason from years past, this is your guys' time to get it done. If you don't get it done at this point in time, now, because I will, I will never look at you in a situation where I could express this as you being a, a, a legit quarterback as a threat outside of, you know, primetime games or regular season. It, it, enough is enough. The line is drawn here. I, I really can't look at it like that. Yes, Mike. In some ways, I think with him having been there enough times and with that team being at home, this is much a must-win uh, prove it situation as it is for, uh, for any of these teams, man. The Giants are playing with house money. In this game, it's a proven game for the, like you said, for Cousins and that, and that Vikings team. So, what can you do, Kirk Cousins? Everything's even the deck stacked in your favor. Okay, again, like Big I proven. said, Kirk. Like I said, on well, actually, both of these quarterbacks, Daniel Jones. I know that the Giants are going to have to look to you for another season or two before they start jumping the gun getting another quarterback. 
At Kirk Cousins, you, you can no longer duck the smoke. You're at home. You got a, a stout receiver that was in MVP discussion. The buck stops here if you can't get this done up against the Giants. I know this is a tough matchup. The Giants are probably charged up to play spoiler, but you guys are the better team. 13-4, and 9-7-1. and one. I, This is tough. I'm, I'm sorry. Will Vegas see something? So this can turn into an interesting one. There will be blood if the Vikings do let this go, and if it is at the hands of Kirk Cousins messing up within the game. The nightcapper for the evening are the Baltimore Ravens going into Ohio up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Paycor Stadium. The spread is eight and a half. The over-under set at 40 and a half. Mike, your thoughts on this game and how this goes down? <clears throat> so, real quick as we hit this other one, I think the one thing Vegas sees on the other game is how many of those uh, Minnesota games were one possession. It could have very easily gone the other way. But tonight, like, looking at this game, Cincinnati should win this. Uh, you know, I, I know, once again, for the other reason, uh, division familiarity, haven't seen each other. At least they don't have to beat them three times because they split this year. So uh, there is familiarity in the opponent. But at the end of the day, I just don't think Baltimore's offense can do enough to get this game. I'm just not uh, – I wouldn't bet – I wouldn't bet a ton of points on it. Eight and a half may be uh, low enough, but I just don't like the points. And so I'd take Cincinnati, but I don't know, uh, on uh, on points really. Um, I beg to differ. I look at it differently. The Ravens are playing without Lamar Jackson. Huntley's going to have to get this done. This is the third time that they played. The first time that they played where the Ravens actually won, it was a 19-17 battle. And uh, Burrow had just came back from appendix surgery. Um, at this point in time, this office is electric. Burrow is actually making statements that you know that he has just like the confidence to get this thing done. The one thing that works best for the Ravens is their run game. They're, they're knowing that they're handicapped where they're going to have to go to that run game to go crazy. Huntley probably can make the passes. I'm not going to hold this against him and say that he can't. I think that he can. But I know that they'll probably put seven or eight in the box to make sure that he does make these throws to beat them with his arm. If he can beat Cincinnati with his arm, that everybody has a tip they had. Or if not, I will. But at the end of the day, I feel like Burrow has more in the cupboard than what they do in Baltimore. And this is what Baltimore gets because they've been panning a lot of this around the situation of Lamar and not bringing him more help saying that, oh, He's a quarterback that we won't bring receivers to because he's going to run. We're not going to get the receivers to be there other than the block. Now if Lamar's not there, you're going to need more than a weapon to help Lamar or help Huntley at this point in time. This is a detriment to how your management is handling things. I think Cincinnati wins this at least by 10, at least by 10. The over-under is at 40-and-a-half. I feel like they're going to slow the Ravens down. I feel like they hold the Ravens to, hmm, it's going to be under 13 under 13. I don't want to say seven or shutout, but I, I feel like there's going to be a very hostile environment. It's a division rival, a black and blue division. Uh, this is a heavy situation. And um, knowing that they have to go through the Ravens again, they've been having their way with the Ravens. The Ravens are in the house of horror for the evening. A nightcapper, everybody's watching. I, I feel like this is a bloody game for the Bengals. This, this is just a clear mess. I, I, I beg to differ. I feel like this, this tone is set for this game. Um, they have a running game, the passing game. Burrow can run if he wants to. I, I clearly think that there's a lot of pressure on this Ravens defense that has not been a Ravens defense for the past couple of seasons. 
and they are banking on his defense to get this done. I, I'm going Cincinnati. I feel like this could get ugly on the evening. Okay. So we do have the matchup for Monday night, and then we will actually be closing up the brunch, and that is for sure. This is this is the – I don't even know how to look at this game for Monday night, and Martin Luther King Day is upon us for tomorrow. So tip my hat to Martin Luther King for all that he's provided for everybody across the country and uh, this being a, a holiday for us to enjoy with everybody together and, you know, remember the, what he brought to us. But this game right here is kind of a, a memory, too. Do the Cowboys retire Tom Brady? Or do they stop the – does the Buck stop here? Um, the Cowboys being 12-5 and five on the season. The Buccaneers ending the season 8-9. and nine. This is the first season Tom Brady has finished under 500. The Cowboys are favored by 2.5 in Tampa Bay. The over-under is set at 45.5. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this game and how this goes down? So, <clears throat> TP, you know, you're like me. You're an 80s kid, kind of into the 90s, right? Uh, so, flipping around the TV, you caught little, uh, you caught wrestling shows on TV, right? That was back in the territory days of, of professional wrestling, right? And so, in these days, you had guys match up, or sometimes you catch them on TV. And there was a, every once in a while, there was a, uh, a match called a loser leaves town match. And like, I almost feel like, and it may not happen this way, but, and he may leave this year anyway and not come back from Tampa, but you almost feel like it was Tom Brady and Mike McCarthy, even though Jerry Jones says he's safe. Um, I think two weeks ago, I was convinced that the Cowboys win this game. Like two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, looking at this matchup and seeing that these teams matched up, I was convinced that the Cowboys move on. But over the last two or three weeks, I've been watching. I mean, I've been watching these teams all year, really kind of digging into it more. And Dak is not taking care of the football. And this is not one of Tom Brady's best seasons. Uh, he's not turning the ball over a ton. The question is, can he be protected? And that's what I'm – I'm not sure uh, if they can twice. We'll see. They they protect me much better than any of us expected them to in uh, in game one. But I saw chemistry between Brady and those receivers in that Carolina game a couple weeks ago. And let's be honest. Like people say, Carolina, what? But like Carolina wasn't a hoe at the end of the season, bro. Like they played decent in New Orleans. They played the last several weeks. Like they were. Uh, you know, Steve Wilkes, after they traded away their people, were a game off of winning that bad division. So they actually played uh, competitive football last year, uh, down the, uh, this season down the stretch. So, uh, I mean, you just you look at this, and if the Tampa can show that kind of chemistry in the passing game and protect Brady enough to get the ball out, uh, Tampa wins this game. Because I trust him to make more plays down the field. You you got Tampa in the game. This is what you're calling. No. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I can hear you. 
I'm saying if they okay. can protect him, they can. And that's why I have it. Like, I, that's why I'm going back and forth on my call and, and on my pick. But if they can protect him, they'll win this game. I, I trust Dallas's roster more. But ah, it's so hard to go against Brady, Brad, home. I, yeah, I, was, I think Tampa wins. This is so tough for me. This is really tough for me. Um, Sports Eater, I don't even know if you know. Well, you guys know because we talk about it every dog on show or everything we go on. We have a barbershop uh, fantasy league. Both of these dudes were my quarterback, Dak and Brady. I thought Dak would have a decent season knowing that he's a dual threat. Dak gets hurt early. I got to run with Brady. Brady comes in and Brady's not doing anything every single week. I'm like, how is this happening to me for the first time I ever play a fantasy? I finally get Tom Brady, and Tom Brady isn't doing crap. Then, the end of the season, Brady puts up 37 points out of nowhere. It's like, this dude still has it. Like, what the, what the heck happened? What happened? And Dak has been turning the ball over left and right, too. It's like, what Dak are we going to get? I don't know what we're going to see. I don't know which quarterback is it. Is it Dak in the, the well-oiled machine Cowboys, or is it Dak that – can have that costing turnover that could cost him the game. Is this Tom Brady at 45, or is this the story of a guy named Brady? Like, I, I don't know who we're going to see. I, I think it's really going to come down to these quarterbacks. I feel like if it were every other facet of the game, it favors Dallas. Dallas has the better running game. Dallas has the better defense. I, I do want to give the trenches to Dallas with Micah Parsons and company. Everything favors Dallas. That's why Dallas is favored in Tampa. So um, this is clearly an edgy situation for me. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going with the numbers. Mike, I'm following you. I'm going with the story of a guy named Brady. I got to go with that story. And, and it's ugly that I'm doing this because I feel like the Cowboys have way more on the table the Tampa Bay, but if Brady gets this done while the world is betting against Tom Brady again, I don't I don't know what to say. If you're still sitting up there saying that Brady is not the GOAT, I don't know what you're saying. If he can get this done up against Dallas, and Dallas has never beaten him from the year 2000 to 2023. In 23 years, more than two decades, he has slapped Dallas around. Slapped him around. He got so him I, a touchdown. I, a touchdown. Seven. There's going to be a two-point conversion. Um, and, of course, at the end of the show, they want to call in now. Calling in from the 203, we have co-host of the the cookout, the villain. Mr. Jordan, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, Matt, I appreciate you. Villain is in the house. I just wanted to hear you guys, um, you know, in Stanford, um, you know, with my, my – um, my father, but um, I just wanted to hear you guys and talk a little football while we while we got a chance. So you know, good to hear your voice, CP. Michael, how you doing, brother? Tell me, tell well, tell Mister Jordan. I, I, tell Mister Jordan, I said hello. Everything. I hope everything is everything. Uh, just prayers up, man. Prayers up. <clears throat> okay, yeah. that, that's prayers for sure. It's sure. always. I, I, I pray for him every dog one day. I, I got to share a laugh with him. I, I, I know he owed me that one. I, I got to get that. You already know how me and him do. Um, 
Yeah. Your thoughts on on, on the rundown? Uh, I, I know you came for some of this dish or or, or all of the dishes. If you want to give me some of your pick, you can. Yeah, I mean, I like the Bills today, man. I think the Bills are really good at this. I, I, I expect Hamlin to walk out there in that place. It's going to be watching. So, I like the Bills in this game. The Dolphins, um, Skyler Thompson just, I mean, he's just not going to be enough to get them going. So, you know, that's going to be that. But, I mean, listen, I like the Giants today. Obviously, because it's my team, rocking the colors. But, um, you know, listen, I think the Vikings are ready for an upset, and the Giants are fully healthy. Nobody on the injury report. This is the time to be as healthy as you can be, and I think they're running into a bus saw. And I agree with you, man. I think Tom Brady's going to steal this one. I think it's going to be a close game until the end. And if you had to pick a quarterback to put the ball in the hands of right now, Dak Prescott, who's throwing two picks a game, you know, missed five, six games, and needs the league in interceptions. So you got Tom Brady, who's done it seven times. I'm going with that man named Brady. I agree with you. So that's that's how I feel about it. Anything on the Ravens Bengals games? Oh, that's a game. <laughs> oh wow, you are ridiculous. You <laughs> the, the TP. You know, it's like it's like it's like Rocky Three when 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 Mickey's talking to Rocky, he's like this guy will kill you. I try to tell y'all year after year how to deal with all of this 
tri-state New York love, and now look at what happened. <laughs> it's happening live. Well, if it makes you feel game. any better, TP, if it makes you feel any better, so, I mean, full disclosure, I am in, in, in Stanford Hospital with my father, um, and the doctor on the floor is a huge Detroit Lions fan. Take a picture. Take a picture. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. More people. I don't believe you. You need more people. You need more people. I'm not trying to hear it. Straight from the D. You better tell them about me. Listen, this is interesting. (laughs) But Barry, Barry set up a real ill scenario that I didn't even put together. Picture the score being 23-21, and the ball is in Tampa's hands, and there's two minutes on the clock. Yo, I think everybody mm-hmm. in Texas will be throwing up. I think the nation will probably be holding their breath. I think everybody needs to panic. If Brady can get them down the field goal range, it's epically him. Every Everything in his career is like that. Everything in his career like that. If he gets this situation to set up like that, Dak might throw his helmet like Joey Bosa did two times. It, it, it might happen. It, it might happen. Cost him the game. This, this, yeah. this is a game that I really can't wait for. I really cannot wait for this game to go down tomorrow. Like out of all of these four that are left. Yeah. And TP, shout out to the barbershop and clubhouse. You come by during some of these watching on games, like uh, B Rob and Kane. We got some Cowboys fans, and we got people uh, fans of uh, many of these teams that you'll hear like in the room during. Uh, during the game, like, uh, the real ones come and say when their team wins or loses. So uh, come check it out sometime in the barbershop on Clubhouse, continuing to grow. Okay. So, um, Mary, I think I am going to start closing things up. Um, give me your plug, closeout shout-out, anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here in the brunch. Yeah, listen, um, you know, shout out to you, TP, man. You my brother, man. I love you. Mike, always a pleasure hearing your voice doing the show with you. We'll be back probably Tuesday doing the NFL free fall, doing the call was cookout on Wednesday with TP Thomas myself. Um, you know, we got big things popping. Probably Tuesday we'll have a guest host, uh Giants fan, uh New York Giants fan girl. Uh, uh, you know. So we'll, you know, we're gonna chop it up with her, talk a little Giants, hopefully good or bad, but That'd be nice. Uh, we'll have a little guest host in there. We're doing big things. We're moving, making moves. Uh, so, uh, shout out to you guys. Appreciate you. I apologize. Yeah, I was going to tell you, they're trying to overload my dog on brunch with the giant stuff. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I get started early in the morning with Dave. I got to get with it, Barry, right now at the end of the show. Then they bring in guest hosts that are giant fans. Why are they doing this to me? If the Giants all going to lose, I'm horrifying the rest of the kitchen for the rest of the week. I'm on every show. Y'all going to hear me every single day. Don't let the Giants lose. I'm not playing. It's not even going to – like I said, for Herbert, it will be blood. I'm pulling the blood out of the Giants. They'll just be blue and white. Mike, give me a plug, close out, anything that you'd like to promote as we shut it down here at the brush. So if they lose, we're going to have blue blood everywhere? Is that since it's big blue, we got blue blood everywhere? Uh, yes, for, yes, man. Yes, uh, sport, SportsCityChefs.com, man, blogs, websites, phiapparel.co. Use the code CHEFS at checkout, 15% off for all your clothing needs. Barbershop on Clubhouse, as I mentioned, man. Man, TP, man, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here, man. Much love to you, big homie, for everything. for you. Villain, much love and respect. Always good to hear your voice. Look forward to chopping it up with you. As you mentioned, the other shows in there on Thursday night. Uh, 
roundtable gumbo, or in the South we might say gumbo at the roundtable, uh, uh, with Chandler and me on Thursday night. So uh, come check us out, and until next time, man, much love for the chefs and for everything you all do, man. And les les bon temps Peace. I really don't have to say much more after that. Like I said, they will be on it all week long. We got more shows, including the Thursday show with Chandler and Mike going at it. That is for sure. I was up there, so check out the repeat of that if you can. We're on all of the media networks that you can replay these shows. That is for sure. But I am so focused, especially for the 430 matchup, the Giants versus my mama team. My mama's a Vikings fan, so I can't wait for it to go down. And it's special to me because her mom was a Giants fan, so it's is the two women that meant the most to me in my life about this game. So I got to watch this the best way possible. And I got Giants fans telling me, come here, come to this bar, come to my house, come all over Stanford. I wish I could split my body in six pieces. So then y'all could know I got to go one place and that be that. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs, sports city, sports city, chefs. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.